I treat every client as an individual experience where I'm not going to sell you something you don't need. I know what that's like as someone who has a business and hires people and hires women to do services. I always ask them, what is in your budget? Here's what I can do for you. And I want it to be mutual for both parties. I want to make money, but I also want businesses to succeed so that they don't need me anymore. Welcome to the iFund Women Show, where we are talking to one entrepreneur about one huge problem in her business, and we are going to help her solve it. I'm your host, Karen Kahn. My team and I founded iFund Women to help female entrepreneurs get access to the capital, the expert coaching, and the lucrative connections all designed to grow our ideas into profitable, sustainable businesses. Let's do this. We are here with Jordan DiOrio who is going to tell us all about her business and all about what's going on in her life. So without further ado, and I just want to back up and say that we met Jordan through our besties at The Coven. Mm -hmm. Shout out Alex West Diamond and Bethany and Liz and Aaron and everybody at The Coven because Jordan is a member of The Coven and has Mm -hmm. been since you were a founding member, right? Yep. Since they launched in 2017. That was five years ago. Yeah. Right when they launched. They were our first big crowdfunding campaign on like our old MVP site, which was a WordPress platform, a WordPress site with a crowdfunding plugin. And they raised 350 grand in cash because they're beasts. They filled a need, totally filled a need. That's right. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. So Jordan, tell us about your business. And then let's talk about the problem that you want us to help think through on the iPhone Women Show pod today. And P.S. everybody, the Mercury is in the Gatorade. And we're just going to ignore that because Jordan... (laughs) has a crystal and she'll tell us about it. And that's going to protect our technological energy today. Yay, Karen. I'm so happy this is happening. Been a fan of iFun Women and it's been super serendipitous how you and I have met. Big, big fans of the women at the Coven. They created a need, which was Minneapolis. So it's Twin Cities based, Minneapolis. Women and humans wanted community, and I had just launched my first business, which you just mentioned, Men Jewelry, which is a jewelry, gemstone jewelry company. Yeah, and I remember walking through their construction site before there was even a space fully furnished and remember believing in the idea. So I'm so happy that they raised this money because it just showed there was an idea and people wanted it. And it's, it's amazing what they've been able to do. So I am a huge fan of those women and the business that they've built. But that's their business. <laughs> that's their business. And by the way, same, 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 same. <laughs> yes, big fans of all of them. They're amazing and they have all phenomenal style. So my name is Jordan, as you've mentioned, and I'm a serial entrepreneur. I have embraced that title because I'm a forever entrepreneur and I'll list my businesses. And I think for today's coaching session, we'll focus on my consulting business, but businesses that I own, first one is Men Jewelry. Started that in 2017. It's a gemstone jewelry business that connects really simplistic design with meaningful materials that connect women to beautiful products. And it's really fun for gifting. And if you're into all that, you know, voodoo mama juju, as I call it, there's different properties associated with it. As you mentioned, Mercury's in retrograde or Gatorade, however you want to think of it. And that business actually received venture capital my first year, and it just turned five in February. So congratulations. Yeah, that's and been really for fun. those folks listening, men jewelry, it's really quite gorgeous. And especially if you like crystals, and these are such high quality. Are they gemstones? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's the one that you sent me? 
I sent you a raw piece of pyrite. So tell, like, what is that? Is it a rock? Yeah, so it's a gemstone. People will will know it as fool's gold. And I remember when I was reading the description for the first time, it's like, you know, you shouldn't be fooled by fool's gold because it actually has properties of like financial manifestation and financial success. And like a raw piece of pyrite grows in like cubic form. And it's like in Peru and it is like a stunning gemstone. But I always tell people when it comes to crystals, it's all about the energy you want to surround yourself with. I can't promise you if you like buy rose quartz you'll get pregnant like that's illegal and i actually don't think we should be promising that oh my god you kill but me. it's about like the energy you want to surround yourself with and i know when we first met i thought you i thought the meaning of iphone women and just creating a more financially equitable and abundant place for women so i had to send you pyrite and then i sent you smoky quartz earrings which by the way is on my desk and i'm not kidding it's literally the only thing i have that is decorative on my desk So Jordan, it's so interesting you're talking about sort of intention and purpose and how you were bringing that to the masses through these gemstones and crystals and jewelry. And now that business is still thriving. Mm -hmm. Great. And now you are doing full-time your consulting business, your business services. So tell us about that. And then tell us about the problem that you want us to think through today. Absolutely. Great segue. Love an intentional segue always. So prior to the pandemic, I realized that I I didn't want to take a salary from my jewelry business anymore. And I worked in corporate America for a while and it, it just wasn't for me. Learned really great skills, worked with really smart people. But when you're an entrepreneur, it, it's in your DNA to want and to try something new on your own terms. You really don't want to respond to anybody <laughs> except yourself. Yeah. Can I ask what industry you're in? You obviously don't tell us what company you worked at, but what, what industry are you in? So I was in software. It was technology for a big tech company that was that went public. So I was doing the corporate communications for a publicly owned software company that was exploding and leading acquisitions and reporting to investors. And it was a really exciting time. It was really fun, but I feel as if when I when a ceiling is put above me, I know that it's it's no longer a good fit for me. Right. But the skills that you got there. So what I guess I want to know is, so you ran comms, PR. Yes. And when you go through IPO, were you involved with all that stuff too? The comms around it? So I came after the IPO, but I was on the team that was a part of leading their largest acquisitions because they were growing, they had just gone public, and then they did two pretty big acquisitions for their industry that they're in, which is huge. And yeah, I learned a ton, a ton about like the sexy tech space everybody wants to be in. And but there came a point and where- And how unsexy it is. A hundred percent how unsexy it is. I was like, it oh, does this pay is well, like, though. It should. Oh. It, did it pay decently? Yeah. But ultimately, if I can make more doing what I'm good at, like I do believe you can financially be good at what you do and make money while you're doing it and not feel like you have to sacrifice. Well, that's why you started your business. So I would imagine that the skills that you have honed since undergrad and then through your corporate career Mm -hmm. and PR, comms, business strategy, all of that, that has led you to your consulting business. Is that accurate? That is 100% accurate. So... In November of last year, I launched my consulting business, which is called JDP Consult. Very creative. It's my initials. I found all of the slick consulting firms have like either initials or really short names. And I think JDP is really powerful. 
It's so powerful, and I am dying. So like BCG, right? Right. Right. Consulting Group. Okay, so tell us about JDP. JDP Consult. So when I started JDP Consult in November, it was like leap of faith and really the elevator pitch of JDP Consult, which you and I have talked about, and iFriend Women has incredible resources about honing your elevator pitch. I've refined mine, and the JDP Consult elevator pitch is at my consulting firm. I say we, but it's really just me right now. I love cleaning up operational and marketing messes. And what that means is processes that are slowing companies down or a lack of process that people, in order to grow your business, you need processes and you need framework to scale properly. Um, And that's an art form, in my opinion, and it's going to evolve as you're in different phases of the business. So that's my operational cleanup on aisle five with the mop. And with marketing, that mess is helping companies understand why they're missing the mark. And that's through data analysis, research, and then I come in and help them build a strategy that's attainable quarter by quarter to actually hit those marketing goals. And the tagline that I've come up with with JDP Consult is that I believe data drives decisions, tools save time, and humans create the culture. Ooh, girlfriend, that is dope. You need to put that on your services X store, like in your banner. Oh, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Oh, good. Yay. Okay, so... I want to ask you a question too. First of all, those services are critically needed. Mm-hmm. And I'm already like, you know, my gerbil is running in its cage being like, oh, <laughs> we need the marketing mistakes, cleanup and mm-hmm. processes thing. Yes. Not because we've fucked up on marketing, but because we really just don't have solid growth processes mm-hmm. or strategies. And I'll, I will say this. It's not the content marketing. Content marketing, we kind of have nailed. And Shaquille Todd, who runs that group, is freaking brilliant. Mm -hmm. It's more about paid ads and tracking and our sales funnel. Yep. We have like a leaky sales funnel. And it's not because our sellers aren't amazing. It's because we get people from all over. They're coming from Instagram. They're coming from wherever, the podcast. We don't know where the hell they're coming from. We don't have like a growth marketer, someone that's like in the data and in the weeds and like Mm -hmm. very up on Google and Facebook ads and all that stuff. So is that part of the services that you offer? Yeah, it's, I think, and to your point, it's like, saying there's a mess somewhere is not necessarily a bad thing. It's just you're evolving. And if you're not evolving, I mean, evolve or die. I mean, the past two years have taught us that. And maybe that's a little too grim, but. No, no, no. No, you're talking about businesses. Like evolve or you're going to be sunsetted. Amen. By you. (laughs) Amen. So with marketing, so let's like role play. So I'm, and I actually am a potential customer. (laughs) I'm going to check out your stuff on Services X because seriously, yes. we do need help getting our marketing processes established yep. and implemented. So how would we do that? The first step always, and what's part of the problem that I solve is that it takes time and it takes resources and people just don't have time to do it. And what takes the longest is evaluating every single thing that you've done and why it did not work. That's phase one. You cannot do anything until you have your historical knowledge. And what if we don't even know if if it worked or not? Like, I'll give you a for example. You know, we do this podcast almost every week, and some of the episodes go gangbusters, and some of them just do fine. Mm -hmm. And we can make educated guesses as to why based on potentially the title or the guest, but we really don't have solid data. Like, I couldn't say, Jordan, the episode with Debbie Sokobin Mm -hmm. on imposter syndrome why that did well versus an episode with 
somebody else that was Mm -hmm. on the similar topic, similar title, and didn't do as well. There's data points we can look at, like when did we release it? Right. Was there like a holiday? Was there something going on? A news thing? Whatever. But I guess I'm actually answering my own question. Yeah. And podcasting is really tricky. One super saturated market right now. And the analytics of podcasting is not great. No one really thought that one through, especially for those who try to monetize. It's really hard. We're not even monetizing. That's not the intention. The intention is live coaching. Right. To be able to actually just pay forward the knowledge right. and the tactical practical to all the people around the world, men, women, whoever's an entrepreneur that wants to listen to right. it, to learn. And that's literally the intention of the show. The intention of the show was not to make a buck. Right. And I think that's making sure that you have subscribers and how many listens you're getting. So like that's the metric of success. And if people are sharing it on social. But to your point, social, the analytics are not there. Like literally you can't not, get them. It's challenging. And I only know that from previous podcasts I've produced or friends of mine that have podcasts, if they have their podcast on another medium like YouTube, watching podcasts is totally a thing now. And I do it. Like I will watch the It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia guys have a podcast and it is so funny but it's filmed because it's a way to your point to cross promote it on different channels so then you can get the data on if people are watching it oh my god you guys people hire Jordan honestly this was not a setup (laughs) I just actually just like got a little coaching and that's freaking brilliant what a workaround because people if you're out there listening and a lot of you have podcasts you know that the analytics are crap you cannot Mm -hmm. It's hard. Tell if you put a link in the show notes, if someone clicked there and went and bought something. Right. Unless you're like creating a specific link that you can track. But again, like that's a layer, that's extra work that like a business owner doesn't have time. Podcasts are a lot of work and it's hard enough to have those layers to it. Okay, Jordan, what's the problem we can solve for you today? Yes. So in the realm of me launching another business, Something that I've been thinking about a lot is, so I've had a successful e-commerce business, men jewelry, that I've had for five years. And now, since November, I've launched a service-based consulting business. And I feel like I'm at the position again where I'm going from zero to one. And the concept of zero to one is the hardest, it's the hardest step. It's the hardest thing to take your business from your brain to a business and then scaling it. So... How do I start from going from zero to one? That was like the first problem that came to mind. Yeah. And being a business owner, you walk through ambiguity every single day. And we're constantly trying to figure out if we've made the right decision. Did I make the right decision leaving tech and running this consulting business? How do I know when I've made it to the zero to one position? That's what where a I'm good at. question. Yeah, I think that's great. Okay, so I've got some qualifying questions yes. that I want to ask you. So. When you decided to start the consulting business, did you have clients already in hand that you sort of started the business in response to? Let's just say the for example is the company is Acme Tech Company. Mm -hmm. And you were leaving Acme Tech Company and starting Mend and you've stayed in touch with the people and they were like, oh, Jordan, we need you to do a comm strategy or do you know anyone that could do a comm strategy? And you're like, sure, I can do that. And you prop up your LLC. Is that kind of what happened? Yes, I had a three month contract. It was one of those moments where you are who the people you surround yourself with. I believe that. And I was at a retreat and I say retreat in quotes because it was a bunch of women drinking wine (laughs) uh, in a beautiful cabin and like doing work sessions here and there. Totally. 
It was you didn't say detox. No. You didn't say like rehab, which got no shade. No. God bless. No. It you was, said retreat. And it was all women who can cook too. So I like oh. ate good. It was a beautiful cabin. It was wonderful. And it was in October when I said to myself, I don't know if I want to be in this job anymore. And someone I look up to me said, I don't know why you're not on your own yet. This is so surprising to me. You haven't started your consulting business. And that really sat with me. And then again, serendipitously had breakfast with a girlfriend and she said, hey, I'm having a baby and I need someone to cover off for three months as a contractor consultant, as a marketing director. Are you interested? And I was like, if they can afford me. And they did. I mean, it took a couple rounds and then I was like, oh, I guess I'm leaving and I need to start an LLC and build a website. Okay. So people, little data for you and we'll tell you about the reason why I asked that question. So as many of you know, in the United States every single day, and Jordan, I think you know this, but maybe you don't, 1,800 net new businesses are started by a woman in the U.S. every day. 1,800 new businesses are started every single day. And nearly half of those businesses are business service companies, okay? Mm -hmm. So anything from, you know, marketing, consulting, operations, the list goes on. So graphic design, web development, this, that, and the other. So the reason that most business services women go out on their own and start their own businesses, which they rightfully should, is for the exact reasons that you talked about. You know, you worked in the corporate nine to five, you had the big sexy job, you knew that you could fly free and make more money and not have to answer to the quote unquote the man play the game and play right. the game and do the politics and do your thing that is the common denominator and then you at layer in women in the workplace being unwelcome you layer in 89 percent of the net new businesses that i was just talking about are started by women of color who historically have had exponentially bigger problems in the workplace than white women have not to say that it's been fun for white w women in general but but still yeah you know the drill so when you think about, you know, the nearly 50%, so let's call it 800 businesses a day in the U.S. are started by a woman in business services. Mm -hmm. And she's starting that business because she's got domain expertise in a certain service, and she's going to start her business and offer those services to clients. It is different when you're starting a business where you are kind of the product. It's not like you're selling, you know, water bottles or a SaaS or jewelry. It's a total shift in approach. Yep. And so it's a shift in approach and it's a shift in intention. And especially when you start out with a client, which most of these women do. So women don't just like leave their good paying jobs if they don't have something to fall back on. Right. And so when you think about it, in your case, you had somebody that was like, hey, can you do this? And you were like, I absolutely can. So you mm -hmm. went and did it. And that was the beginning of your business. That is totally tracks for business services startups. All good. The problem that you want to have solved is universal in your world, which is, okay, I have started this business services company, this consulting business. I started it. I had a client and I was like, let me prop up a website. And by the way, your website's gorgeous because you're creative, obviously, but your website's gorgeous and you started the website and then registered your company and off yep. you went. And now you're like, okay, I need more customers. And you can't really scale, scale, but you want more clients so you can make more money and serve more people and help more people and all the good things, right? Right. And so how do you get from zero to one? 
Yes. Like when, and especially when you've done it before and like sales is in my blood and you've done a couple really good episodes about understanding your value and imposter syndrome, which I have a hundred percent felt that. And I know I can close the deal and it's trying to figure out how do I get to those people and how do I make sure that I'm in front of the right audience and they value me. And that's, what's hard about a service-based business is you have to be so hell bent on your value that they can't say no or else you're never going to get paid what you feel like you deserve. And that's hard because it is you. Yep. Or we need to really net down on who your bullseye target customer is. Right. Because in a lot of cases, the use case I just described, which is essentially your use case, Mm -hmm. is that you leave a big corporation and you have another big corporation wanting to hire you and can pay you the Boku bucks. Yet... In your case, from what I'm understanding is, the scalable part of the business is you want to work with startups and small businesses who need marketing help, operations help, and business strategy, and whatever other packages you're offering on Services X, which I need to go to and sign up for the marketing package. But this is sort of the thing. iFundWomen is not a a big public company. Mm -hmm. So what we could pay you for marketing cleanup or marketing strategy or whatever the package is, I think that we really net, need to net down on what your ideal customer persona is. Mm-hmm. And then you can create the products, you know, in bunny quotes, the service packages that they want to buy. And right. even if it's a stretch on the budget, because by the way, people listening, Jordan's got insane experience and she's freaking brilliant. And I'm not just saying that. I really am not. So the question becomes, who is your ideal customer persona moving forward? And maybe we dig into that because once we know who that person or that company is, that company sort of archetype, and we can use iPhone Women as an example. So we've got 30 employees. Mm -hmm. We have been around for pushing six years. We're approaching eight figures in revenue. Amazing. We are profitable. Amazing. Hold that pie right. Hold that money stone. Exactly. We've raised one round of VC four years ago, and we've been running on revenue, which is great. Amazing. That being said, we're lean because we didn't raise a ton of VC, and we mm-hmm. don't have a huge like cash arsenal right. at our disposal. So when I look to go buy services, if we are going to outsource something like this, which we absolutely need to do, I can't afford to go hire someone for, let's call it fifteen or $20,000 a month to do marketing mm-hmm. process strategy or whatever it's called. And I'm just going to use that as an example. And this, by the way, guys, this is a real world example. Like this is legit a problem I need to solve right now. All kind of depends on what the package is, what we're getting, and what the output is going to be. But for me, comfortably, a budget would probably be 5000 a month for a specific amount of time mm-hmm. to help us build processes. But my question to you is, Is that what you thought that you would be going after in terms of a customer persona? Or are you thinking you want to go after more of big companies to make more money? So it's a great question. And I think that's why I'm happy we're talking through this. It's varied. So I have worked with the startup. I I think you're beyond startup where your business is at. It's like in growth mode, but it's still in start. It's like startup growth mode. And I've worked with a lot of customers there. And then it's the more medium-sized businesses who have either been acquiring businesses or not necessarily have gone public, but have 
in the more like nine figure revenue range. Yes. And they're medium sized businesses. So they're not huge. They're not the like big corporate companies that have IPO'd. I've played in that sweet spot where they're hiring me for three to six months to really revamp their operational efficiencies because it's impacting retention rates of hiring. Financially, you're losing money on all the tools that you're investing in. So there's two. So it's, I like working with this startup growth brands because there's, it's a close-knit team and there's opportunities to test and learn. And to your point, I, on the Beta Services X launch, which I'm so excited about, the packages are, this is your bells and whistles. And I treat every client as an individual experience where I'm not going to sell you something you don't need. I know what that's like as someone who has a business and hires people and hires women to do services. I always ask them, what is in your budget? Here's what I can do for you. And I want it to be mutual for both parties. I want to make money, but I also want businesses to succeed so that they don't need me anymore. Like that's my job. It's Love like, it, what is it, Hinge? Hinge is like the dating app where you, they want you to, to delete them. I'm very much in that mindset where I want you to hire me so you don't need me. So that your team can thrive without me. And I'm just then your friend. I'm your client friend then afterwards. We just go get drinks afterwards. I love that. So let's talk about Services X for a second. Yes. Because I think this is actually a good framework in which to think about, are you putting out packages that people are going to want to buy? And if so, this is going to be a great testing ground for you anyway. Mm Because getting from zero to one is really about growing your customer base right now. Right. And then seeing how much you can handle on your own and then seeing what scale looks like. When do you bring on your first employee? So I guess my other question is, what does one look like to Jordan for your consulting business? Oh, that's such a a good question. I feel like you can always tie it to revenue that you've done. And like what's crazy is I'm an Enneagram 8. I don't know if you know what that means, but the challenger and I'm an Aries. So I'm a fire sign. If you don't, and I'm an INTJ, like I am full throttle. If you don't know what that oh means, look I'm it up. I'm ENTJ. Oh yeah. This is why we get along because we are like just totally. fearless. So in a year, so a year will be in November. So I bring all that, you know, horoscope stuff up is that I'm not patient with myself and I need to be that in a year I would like to be at six figures. I want to hit my goal in a year. I want to be at 150,000 my first year. And like, as someone who has... And that's zero to one for you, because I thought the concept of zero to one was like starting. Well, I guess you're right. The concept of zero to one is starting and then getting to that next milestone. Well, right. But like, is my milestone too ambitious? Like, that's where I feel like, am I shooting myself in the foot by having this really high goal? But also too, like, I'm actually not that far off from my goal. So in this mess of like imposter syndrome and feeling like, have I made it to one? And am I at like 0.5? Have I already made it to one because I've already secured business and I've made it into the iFund Women's Services platform? Like that in theory could be my one. I've now gotten to a platform that's going to help me understand my customers. Like, is that my one? And it might be. Oh, wow. What is my one? So, okay. If I may offer a thought on what your one could be. So yes. And for our listeners, I would say one is a milestone. It's not a timestamp necessarily. So the milestone that Jordan is looking to hit is a certain amount in revenue. So 150 grand, 125 grand, whatever. Let's just call it 125 in revenue for her first. Well, you want to do that in a year. 
correct? Or is yes. it the milestone? So actually it should be the milestone. Cause if you hit that in six months, you got to one in six months, girl, if that's the thing. And your one is going to be different from other people's one. Don't feel shame about your one. Your one is like dope. Revenue right. should be your one. Okay. I just like never know if I'm ever being vain. But again, I think that's just the like about, preconceived girl? notion of just being a woman and being able to talk about money. Truthfully. Hondo P. And if Sally Krawcheck was here, she'd be like, Jordan, I'm gonna she doesn't have a total <laughs> Southern accent. I love this you, Sally. <laughs> but she would be like, you know, we've been taught to talk about money as impolite, to smile and not, right. you know. But no, girl, money is power. Money is power. I love your one for you. And I also do want a historical context about even just talking about money. I've gotten more comfortable with it. It's like you're talking to somebody who grew up in a big family. I started working when I was 16. In college, I worked two jobs. I worked seven days a week and was a full-time student. Paid my way through college. I mean, everyone has their own privileges in their own way. But I worked so hard for no money for so long that... I can't not want to make more and put goals around it and be proud of it. Absolutely. And not even have to explain it. I know. You don't even have to explain it. I mean, truly, like that's part of like stepping into your power. And I'm so excited and grateful to be at the beginning of this journey with you with Services X. I'm fascinated to see what's going to happen. Yes. So, okay. The one, zero to one, your milestone is a certain amount of revenue and listeners Jordan can hit that one in whatever time it takes her to hit it. It could be two years. It could be six months, Mm -hmm. right? But that is her one. So establishing what your one is. And again, we're talking of how do you get from zero to one, which is establishing your business and to your first milestone that you set. Mm -hmm. And that milestone for you could be, for other people could be number of customers. It could be research that they're doing. It could be customer interviews. Like it doesn't have to be revenue related. You know, again, if you're a product business, a service business, if you're a restaurant, like your one, your first milestone could look very different. I would imagine for the coven, and I absolutely don't want to put out like false facts or false information, but you would surmise that their big milestone was opening their first space. Right. So either that or getting all of those pre-orders for memberships for the space. But, you know, if you don't have the actual space, you don't have the business if you're a co-working space. So that was their number one. Right. Yeah, opening up their space. For you, it sounds like you want to hit a certain amount of revenue. I think it's that plus securing within my, you know, and for me, I'm the one year and the zero to one is obviously like it just happened to work out as my first year. But like that one, again, doesn't mean one year. But I also think part of the hitting the revenue goal. But to your point, it's like securing a project with my bullseye client. And I think that okay. is part of this journey this year is it's kind of trial by fire. And I think the new platform rollout is going to be a good test of my pricing and my services. And I hope that yes. anybody that looks at my services gives me feedback or helps me understand. Like, that's what I'm here for. And I'm very transparent about all of that. Like, that I think this experience and this pilot is going to help me understand, like, who is my bullseye customer as I'm booking projects. So I think it's like revenue and finding that dreamy, sweet spot bullseye client. Yeah. And it's figuring out what your ideal customer persona is. What's her name? Again, at Elevest, I don't mean to keep bringing them up. I love them. This is hashtag so not an ad, but I. <laughs> everybody should be opening up an Elevest account. There's no minimums and everyone yep. needs to be investing. You could put 25 bucks from your paycheck every week and sock it away and in 30 years you're going to have a lot of money Mm -hmm. so everybody needs to be investing go sign up for elevest hashtag not an ad we don't get paid from them it's just a great product (laughs) and it's women for women so 
for you, they have these customer personas. And one of them is a woman who makes $100,000 a year. And I think her name is Elle. And they've got all of these characteristics. And then they've got Belle, Elle, and Estelle, I think. Cute. Love a rhyme. Love a good exactly. rhyme. Exactly. And so like, I think, <laughs> don't hold me to this, but I think Estelle is the older woman who is in her 50s and 60s who has already built her wealth or is on her way. Mm-hmm. Or she is still working and she wants to save for a summer house or retirement or whatever it is. I don't know their exact, all their stuff, obviously. I don't work there, but we need to come up with like a couple of customer personas for you because it could Mm -hmm. be like the IFW persona, Mm -hmm. which is like a startup of 30 to 50 people. And then it could be the coven persona, which is a startup of 10 to 20 people. Mm -hmm. And then maybe it's like a brand new company where it's like they've got two to five people Mm -hmm. and maybe it's two full-time employees or maybe it's one full-time employee the founder and like five contractors or whatever it is maybe it's the revenue that they have that they've driven that gets baked into the customer personas because obviously you need to know what stages of their business are they in how much revenue do they have how much have they raised and how much can they spend on these services right And ultimately, like my job is to save the money. So like it's an investment, like you're going to invest in services. And even if it's not revenue you're bringing in. That's a very good point, listeners. You're saving someone money from like the tools they're paying for that they're not using that cost them $25,000 a year or whatever it is, or or a process that that saves your team time. And like your team is a salary you're paying for. And if if your team can be more productive, you're creating culture. And like that's invaluable, in my opinion, especially right now with the great resignation. People are dropping like flies if it does not align with their values, if they're not being paid equitably, if it's not an efficient workplace, if people can't be productive and do their jobs so that they can in turn live their lives, people don't want to work there. And that's to me super invaluable that could be tried. You mean you could tie everything to a dollar amount if it's not revenue coming in. And like, that's part of what I do is like, let me build a business case on how this could be valuable for you, whether it's money you save or it's the culture you build. And like that to me has a dollar amount on it. Oh my gosh. I couldn't say that better myself. When you were just talking about saving money on other either expensive employees or mm-hmm. for an early, early stage startup, I was just thinking about when iPhone Women first started and we had like jack shit for revenue and we had a little bit of venture investment. So we had some capital to spend, but we were certainly like, we made a big investment that was so uncomfortable, but I was like, we have to have amazing CRM. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. We made a big investment in the big CRM company, and God bless them. They're not built for an early stage startup. They are built for, at the minimum, a medium sized business mm-hmm. up to huge public companies because, you know, so it's Salesforce and no shade to Salesforce. Salesforce is an incredible tool, but you need serious development yeah. engineering to get it to work for you. Yep. It's not a plug and play easy thing to do their social listening, to track and make sure all of the APIs are set up. So Salesforce is a good example of a service that, so we invested in the annual, and this was just simply for sales Mm -hmm. and marketing, like CRM and funnel management and all that kind of stuff. I thought it was simple. Like I was like, oh, we were using Pipedrive before and that worked fine. And it was like a hundred bucks a month or something. But then I was like sold into the dream of Salesforce. Mm -hmm. And again, like this is no shade to Salesforce. It's a phenomenal 
phenomenal product and they're wonderful people that work there and run the company. Mark Benioff is like a total woke for women dude. Like I yeah. love him. He went to the women's marches. Salesforce is a phenomenal company. But what did not work for us is that we had to not only, it was, I think it was like a $25,000 annual mm-hmm. commitment, which is a lot of money and was a lot of money mm-hmm. to us. And then we needed engineers to like stand the thing up and get all of our APIs and, and zaps working. And it was so frustrating because we didn't have the money to invest in the help. And so right, I would imagine that if we had you, we wouldn't have made that mistake. Well, or it's just, it's there's so many amazing CRMs and tools and platforms. And I think we think that that's going to solve our problems. But if you don't use something or know how to use it, it you're no one's going to look at it. And just part of evolving as a business, it's like, you know, you're scrappy when you're starting up. And then when you do scale and you do get to the level of Salesforce level, and I've used Salesforce, it's not an intuitive platform unless like you're an engineer or you're like, you've built it out and you have somebody really training you, which again, when you're a fast startup or even just a business that's growing, you don't have time to train. It's got to be easy, simple, and allows people to do stuff faster and efficient so they can do their job. No one wants to waste their time and tools. It just sucks the life out of them. I've turned this into a little bit of a role play coaching session because <laughs> the truth is I'm having this problem. Jordan is poised to solve it through iPhone Women's Services X Marketplace that everyone needs to go check out so you can find experts, literal experts that are all vetted, by the way. Yes. Jordan went through a very rigorous interview process. We checked references, all the things to be able to monetize on iPhone Women's Services X because she is going to be offering her services to our beloved community who we are very precious about and very protective over and would never want to serve them up to get mm-hmm. a bad service from someone. And that's why we're so excited about Jordan and um, all yes. of our other services X people. So you came and said, how do I get from zero to one? Yep. Starting my business and getting to one, that first milestone. And what I'm hearing you say, and I want to sort of wrap it up and then you tell me if, if I'm right or not. Originally, it was like, I want to hit $150,000 in revenue, and mm-hmm. that's my goal. And now you're kind of here, and you've sort of, you've hit it, essentially, with your bookings, and you're realizing that, okay, what my one is, is yes, I want to hit my revenue goal, but also, I need to understand who my customers are, because I really don't know, because the business I've had has been this big corporate business, which is wonderful and great, but is that going to be in year two and three? where I'm going with this. And it sounds like maybe it might be a mix and that's fine, but learning who your target customers are and what they're willing to pay for your services sounds to me like your real first milestone. Like when you get there, you'll be like, okay, I know what my business is. I know how I'm going to make money. I know what the sell is. I know what people can pay. And this is how we scale. Nailed it. I mean, I think that's what it is because it's like you can hit your revenue goals, but if it's the wrong client and you're not enjoying it or if it's not the right work, that number does it's just vain at that point or it's just like a vanity stat. So I think that's right. So I think like that revenue goal, I think, is going to be there. It's just part of my forecasting. But I think you're right. I think it's like this is the year I figure out who is that bullseye customer. And then I think even like my to-do even coming from this is I need to think about all the clients I've had so far and kind of recap that experience. What size were they? What revenue? What projects did I did? And kind of just like creating almost a rubric. And I know that there's an iPhone women. I know that there's a guide you have that talks about mapping out your customer. And I think that's, I think I need to do it. I think when you're like, 
you know, when you're in startup mode, you're just trying to make sure that you can pay your bills every month and book business. And I've been able to do that. And now I feel like I have the space and the goal this year to figure out who is that bullseye? Where's my pricing going to sit? I think launching on this platform is going to be a huge research learning for me. And ultimately, like my goal is just to make businesses better. And if anybody does reach out to me through this beta program, if I can't help them, I will find somebody that can. And hopefully I can help them. Like that's that's ultimately it, right? Like, yes, we want guys. <laughs> and all that was like, and by the way, that is literally Jordan. That is literally Jordan. You're such a good human. Oh, that's very nice. I truly believe that like we should leave things better than we found them always. And if I can't make it better, we will find somebody who will. That's just the power of women in business. Like we are, it's about making money and obviously taking over the world, but we also want to make sure that there's more opportunity for people. And if I can't help, I promise I'll find somebody who will. Like, I think we should all look at the world that way. It'd be a better world, I feel like, <laughs> if we did. I'm mic dropping on that, Jordan. I'm we're <laughs> mic dropping on that. That's a beautiful way to end. So, listeners, I really am just having a moment of peace and calm and confidence and excitement because we just solved Jordan's problem pretty quickly. And by the way, it's because she's also a marketer and a very keen strategist. So that wasn't that hard to get to there. That being said. I'm so excited for you and all of your learnings on the Services X Beta. People go there. If you need help with anything from graphic design to QuickBooks and accounting to lawyers to marketing strategists to operations to processes, you can find it on iFund Women Services X. You can just search for what you want and you're going to get amazing, trusted women experts like Jordan to select from. So with that, Jordan, thank you for bringing your whole self to the pod. I'm so excited for what's to come. And will you come back on the show in another like six months and tell us how it's going? Yes. I can't wait. Oh my God. How fun. I can't wait to be a reoccurring guest. Well, I guess the one time, but yes, I would love to come back always. No, it'll be reoccurring. It, like then you'll be reoccurring technically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fine. I can be a reoccurring guest, but thank you for having me. What you've done for women is huge and uh, let's just keep getting, getting that money. Let's keep getting that money. <laughs> All right, people. Thanks for being here, Jordan, and peace, everybody. We out. <laughs>